podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our weekly live show, Wednesday, 7 p.m. One of the most fun times uh, every single week here at Bosco. Have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and, uh, you know, as I'm... Um, Starting this live show off, uh, K-State women's basketball only down one right now at number 15, Iowa State. So uh, we'll see We'll see what happens uh, for Jeff Mitty's cats as we record. I would imagine uh, this show will wrap up before uh, the end of that game. So we'll see what happens tonight. Um, have heard from a few of the regulars, a uh, handful of regulars have some stuff going on. So we'll see how uh, long this goes, uh, depending on who all joins the show. Before we get into it, we won't have a lot of time to talk about it. This will probably be something that I get into for the Tuesday show, but some pretty big news this week, uh, actually all happening on Tuesday for the K-State football team. Uh, Philip Brooks, coming off of his career year, has uh, declared he will be coming back for his super senior season. And highly coveted running back transfer Treshawn Ward also commits to K-State. He had over 1,300 yards uh, in his freshman and sophomore seasons combined so again I think we will uh I think we are going to see a lot of DJ Giddens but I think Ward and Giddens are going to create a pretty good uh two-man punch um some rumors out about uh maybe a unexpected super season or super senior uh player uh, on defense, so stay tuned for that. Maybe we will, uh, maybe we'll hear some news about that here in the next coming weeks. But let's just get into it. You know, I I, I said at the top of this, a uh, couple regulars reached out saying that they might not be able to make it tonight. But man, it's an all-star cast that just joined here in the last two minutes. Let's just get into it. Uh, we're gonna start with our guy Joel. Joel, just give me your takes over the last two K-State basketball wins the epic road win in overtime over the Baylor Bears and then a uh, win over Oklahoma State. I wouldn't call it easy, but, hey, uh, you didn't have to go to overtime, so that's – Yeah, I mean, who who would have thought? I mean, not me. Um, but, yeah, the Cats are the hottest team in America right now. Going down into Baylor, emotions are high. That's a solid win against a really good team. I know they're kind of down right now, but – that's a really good team. 
And then to come home and defend your 11th ranking, um, that was huge. Uh, we do need to take that next step, I think. And Coach Tang kind of touched on this in his interview. Um, we need to stop playing the, the way other teams want to play. We need to be the one dictating the pace of play and type of game that we want. But, yeah, overall, amazing week for the Cats. And I, I can't tell you the last time it's been more fun to be a Cats basketball. Yeah, it, it is uh, definitely it's, – it's been since that Big 12 championship season for me. Let's go next to Fireball Matt from the Cocaine Willie Show. Anyone who is listening live tonight, make sure once this show wraps up to go check out their show here on Spotify Live. Anyone who is listening to the RSS feed, make sure you're subscribed there as well. Matt, what are your thoughts on these last two wins? Well, thanks for the uh, promo, Scott Wildcat. Uh, you know, the past couple wins have been pretty impressive because they've been two s- different styles of victories, and and that's key with Big 12 play. You know, the first one with Baylor, obviously an offensive track meet and, you know, having to make make some big shots in big situations. And then yesterday's game was just a complete 180 of having to – try and you know both teams were just really good on the defensive side and you know for teams to to win the big 12 you have to win games in in both of those capacities and yesterday proved a lot you know especially with how poorly we played in the first half I felt the the defense on our side was a lot better in the second half and we just found creative ways to score um and you know this. This was a this was a huge win, and and now we go to TCU, where you know it's that's a tough environment for how they've played, and and so I I've just been utterly impressed with how good this team has been, and I think everybody can say it's been a you know a little bit of a surprise, but it's been fun. You know this this has vibes of when I was a student, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, which it dates me a little bit, but. You know, it's been fun, to say the least. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, we've won two rock fights and two track meets so far, and I, I do think that says a lot about uh, Jerome Tang's squad and how they can find different ways to win. Let's go out to the West Coast, Cali Mike. Uh, Cali Mike, uh, thoughts on the last two games? Again, uh, it kind of mirrors the first two games. Uh, like I said, two rock fights so far, two track meets. Uh, but the one thing that is constant it is cats on top. So, so thoughts on uh, the last two wins? Yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I I'm not surprised. I'm I'm pretty sure on the last live show, um, I was at least putting it out there that I think we'd go two and zero, and we did it. Um, I just you know this team is going above and beyond what anyone expected. I think the chemistry between Keontae and uh, Noel is just out of this world. Um, and like, I'm just super excited every time I see uh, the cats on TV get to take in a game. Like, even though some of these games, like when they get close, you know, your nerves shoot up in the air. Like, it's just so much fun to watch and I'm loving it. Yeah. I think you need to fly back to uh, God's country and take in the game live sometime. So uh, I'll campaign for that. Another game live. Cause you did uh, have all those California cats out there at the Cal game. I'll camp- campaign for that a little bit later. Let's go to the ambassador next. 
Ethan, what do you make of the last two games? And uh, your fellow students sure showed up uh, at the Octagon of Doom last. Scotty, what's going on? But what's going on, Boneheads? Well, um, you know, I just want to say that what? How's the old saying go? Once is an anomaly. Twice is a is a coincidence. But thrice, thrice is a habit. And uh, we've won thrice, thrice times over. So, um, you know, we're rolling. Last week we came on here and uh, the vibes were great. But um, now, like, it just keeps happening and the vibes are, they've gone from a great to immaculate. The the octagon of doom was rocking. Um, you know, last week we were at the top of the table. Now we're still on, we're still at the top of the 12th having a laugh. So we're just our, laughing ourselves to the bank. Absolutely love it, Ethan. Let's go to the man who was inside the final matchup between the Bears and Wildcats in the Farrell Center. That is Coley Dub. Cole, uh, give us the firsthand account of that game in Waco, Texas. Hey, man, sorry. I'm just getting to the... Um... I can come back to you at the end yeah, of this if you want. Yeah, if you want to come back to me, I'll be, I'll be inside in just a second. Yep, no worries. We will circle back to Coley Dub. Let's go to Colorado, Cole, instead, holding you down in the mountains of Denver. Or I don't – I guess – I don't know if there's mountains in Denver. I don't know. Mile High City, whatever. Colorado, Cole, what are your thoughts on the last two dubs? Uh, yeah, there's not mountains in Denver, but, like, you can see the mountains. So, as far as I'm concerned, we're in the mountains, you know, being from Kansas. But, um, man, I mean – it just seems like Coach Tang and these cats, they just always find a way. I mean, despite all odds, you know, ever since he came on staff, it's just been find a way no matter what the challenge is. Um, I think it really shows that it wasn't just, you know, a flash in the pan hot start that this team is legit. And there's not a team in the country that we couldn't beat on any given night. Um, so I think we're turning a lot of heads across the country, deservedly so. Um, so it's nice to get nice for us to get some recognition. Um, and then it was nice to see us, you know, after we got our ranking and we got a lot of talk around the program, a lot of storylines, see us be able to, uh, stay hot and keep it up with the win. Yes. Let's go to a guy who was in the octagon of doom making some noise last night, and that is our guy, Hayes. Hayes, uh, thoughts on the game last night and the atmosphere, and then also you can circle back on that Baylor game, which did help propel Tang's Cats to a top 11 round. Yeah, that game last night was great. Um, it was the atmosphere. It was awesome to have the Doom back and also know that it was like 80% at best of Max Doomage or whatever. Um but it's been a ton of fun watching the Cats recently. <clears throat> like you've been saying, we're winning games in different manners, which I think shows a lot about the strength of the team. Um, it would be nice to ourselves, but it's nice to know that we can win a game no matter how it plays out. Let's go next to Jeff, and then we'll go to Ema Elvis after that. Jeff, we got both games. I, I, I know I was sitting here this time last thinking, all right, I'll take one of one. Uh, no big deal. We got two of them. I'm over the moon. Uh, I, I, you'll have to refresh my memory. What was your prediction for this week? And then 
Uh, what are your thoughts getting both those wins in a miraculous fat? Hey, Scott. I believe I was on the one and one camp with the let's drop in the Waco game. But I think what's just been really impressive is not only, like someone mentioned, the different styles of games that we're winning, you know, high scoring and low scoring, but we, uh, hold on. Yeah. But we, um, you know, took, um, you know, Baylor was a desperate team there. Oh, and two. And we, t- and, and, you know, we had a great performance against Texas. So they would have, you know, we would have had their full attention and we were still able to back up our scoring with back to back 30 games from Marquise and then, you know, and win that and then turn around and you knew, you know, you knew that hot shooting wasn't going to keep forever. That's just not, that's not sustainable. And then still win an ugly rock fight game against the best defensive team in the league. I mean, just really impressive. And just, you know, I mean, you can't, you have to be super pumped up and excited, right? Yes, 100%. Let's go to Ema Elvis before we circle back to Coley Dub. Uh, you know, were you shaking your hips after that win last night, Ema? Not after the win, but I was shaking my head during it. It's, it was uh, getting kind of frustrating there, watching all the self-inflicted wounds and uh, where you know, Keontae couldn't hit a shot for a long time. It's unlike him to to have a game like that, but he found his shots when he needed to in the second half. And um, the the, uh, the versatility of this team is kind of eye-opening, that they are learning to win every which way they have to. In the last week, we have seen the beauty. We've seen the beast and uh, the, the ugly slugfest game that Oklahoma State probably had to play in order to even have a shot at winning last night. Um, We can win all kinds of games and proved it. And I I don't think we're going to be uh, afraid to play anybody or any style of game uh, going forward here. But uh, it it was uh, a game where the crowd showed up for the game and they showed up loud when they had to be and all at all the right times um a couple of the keys to the the win i think bebe stepped up for a one and one and made both ends of it when the game was really tight and i can't remember if it's a one point game at that at that stage or not but um he just calmly dropped him in there and uh, and then that alley dunk was just crazy good loved it <laughs> that's going to be etched in our brains forever i think I do think that alley-oop dunk, I said it on Twitter, hashtag don't tweet and drive, but I I truly believe, at least in my experience, you know, I've gone to a lot of games, not all the games. You know, I wasn't at the streak breaker versus K. And, uh, you know, there's a handful of big games, you know, pre and post uh, college I haven't been to. But, I mean, I think that's right up there, you know, with some of the biggest crowd pop moments uh, I've ever experienced in Bramlage. So just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, h- how loud did you get? Were you at the game, Emile Elvis, or were, did you watch that one at home? Yeah, no, I was there. I was on row 12 uh, in the end. So that alley-oop dunk happened right in front of us. And it was just, 
It was, I've never seen anything like that. Never. Did you think that was going to be a turnover when, when he let loose? Because I know I did. And then uh, when I saw Keontae throw it down, I just shook no, Grant. I, 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 I kind of saw, I saw Key over there uh, kind of being sneaky. And no one was around him. And then he waved his fingers in the air. And I thought, oh, here it comes. And But I thought, because Marquise was double teamed, I thought, oh, can he even get to him? Can he even see him? Uh, but it was like bang, bang, and happened just like that. But it kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, it was like in slow motion. But um, it, it was phenomenal. And Marquise's vision and his guts is what makes that happen, I think, too. Yes, for sure. Let's go back to Coley Dub now. Coley Dub, you got to experience firsthand the final matchup between the Wildcats and Bears in the Farrell Center. Uh, so walk us through that. How was that game inside, uh, you know, Baylor land? Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've never been there before. <clears throat> it's it wasn't so old timey. Like it'd be a really great place to see a game because like all the seats are pretty great there because it's just in that circle. Um, but it's very old timey. Like, I mean, they have like a more modern like center scoreboard, but it, I mean, it has, like, a video board part. It's not, like, that big. But, like, where they keep all the players' stats, fouls, whatever, it just has the numbers. And then, you know, all this – it's very old school looking. And it's on – there's, like, four corners of it. But, yeah, so hopefully the new one they're building, um, a little more modern. But it was a lot of fun. It was good. The uh, – got kind of loud there a couple times, but – uh, one thing that I always found really impressive with what this team's been doing lately is anytime they've needed to answer and do something, they just do it. Um, especially, you know, last week's games and even that Baylor game, you know, like early in that overtime, we went down four, five, four, nothing, I think. Then K-State went on a run and answered, you know, they always answer. They don't let one bad play turn into two, whether that's, you know, you have a bad play on offense you know, you go make something happen on defense or vice versa. Um, and then last night with Oklahoma State, you know, every time they tried to, you know, come back, K-State went and answered. Um, it's just been a fun – it's been a lot of fun to watch. Very exciting, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. Good deal. All right, next we're going to play a game I'm going to call Good Vibes and Good Buys. So there's a lot of good stuff going on, and I think that part of the game will be very simple. Just give a shout-out, give a compliment, you know, hand out some flowers and roses to anything associated with K-State men's basketball right now. This is where it might get a little tricky, though. I also want you to say something that you would like to say goodbye to. Again, as we're sitting here with only one loss, 4-0 in the Big 12, top of the 12 having laughed, that one might be a little trickier, so feel free to get as creative as you guys want, but I want to hear good vibes and good buys. Let's start with Joel. Joel, uh, start us off, man. Show us how Yeah, good done. vibes. Uh, I'm going to go Cam Carter for how he's kind of come on this, I don't know if it's the second half, but this part of the season, so definitely getting some good vibes from, from Killer Cam over there. Um, goodbyes. I'm still going to say, I'm going to say turnovers still. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but 
I mean, we turned the ball over so much yesterday. Yeah, it, it, it was a little messy yesterday. Let's go to Fireball Matt from Cocaine Willie. Matt, uh, what what do you want to uh, hand out some good vibes, and then what do you want to say goodbye? All right, uh, good vibes. I'm going to go to uh, Bebe Ugiola. Um, I know with David Gasson being out because of the injury, uh, Bebe's really had to step up and be a, a big force inside, um, just providing some length, which is huge, and um, being able to defend some shots. Um, so he's been, he's been very important, um, especially since Gasson's been out and uh, goodbyes are, I'm going to go with the, uh, second chance points situation because we keep giving up offensive rebounds. Um, we saw yesterday, you know, we just, we got out rebounded on the offensive side and Oklahoma state, you know, was taking advantage of those opportunities. You know, we have to, we have to get better with, with rebounds and, and giving ourselves, you know, more opportunities to get the ball. Um, you know, that's going to be huge, especially as we hit, you know, I look at TCU and how Eddie Lampkin is. Um, he's a, he's a rebounding machine. So we just got to get better at that area. Yeah. A funny thing and shout out to Jimmy tweeted this out, quote tweeted my tweet when I was in a panic kind of late in the game. Uh, yes, we got outscored 16 to nothing on second chance points, but I believe we had, 10 uh, offensive rebounds. We just never got second chance points. So that's an oddity, but I, I think that is a good one. Uh, let's ne- next go to Colorado Cole, and then we'll go to Jeff after that. So Cole, good vibes and goodbyes. What do you have for me? All right. Good vibes. I'm going to say free throws. Um, seems like we've been knocking them down this year. And the way that these refs are calling these games, I think it will definitely uh, determine the outcome of some pretty important games going forward. So hopefully they can keep that up. Um, goodbyes. I don't know. This might be breaking the rules a little bit, but I am sure as hell ready to say goodbye to our court. Long overdue replacement. Not breaking the rules. Again, I'll let anyone get as creative as they want. I'm right there with you. I've I, I've never been a big fan of the uh, current court that we've been rocking with uh, for years. So I'm ready to move on from that as well. So good one there. We'll go Jeff, and then we'll go to uh, the ambassador. So Jeff, what do you want to uh, – good vibes and good goodbye. Uh, good vibes. I'll go with um, Ish Masood. Um, really had a good, a good game at Baylor and this is kind of the start of last night's game and I kind of tapered off there towards the end. So I'm hoping to keep, I want the good, the Baylor ish to come back and the goodbyes. Uh, it seems like we kind of get lost on defense still take some plays off. It seemed like OSU they got, got quite a few looks right under the rim and some dunks on us that I would like to see us get cleaned up. Uh, so let's say goodbye to taking off some plays on defense. I like that one. Before we go to the ambassador, I want to give Ish a little bit of a shout-out for some of his defense in the first half uh, last week. Or maybe it was the second. I, I don't know. He had some good moments on defense where he was forcing some bad passes, and I, I think he made some good plays on defense. 
Uh, but again, I, I, I think that it needs to be said over and over again, what he was able to do at Baylor was brilliant. Uh, we'll go with the ambassador and then Callie Mike. Uh, Ethan, good vibes and good buys. What do you have? Uh, I'm going to have to second Matt's good vibes for Bebe just because, you know, I, I'm loving – I've been a fan of his since I saw the the Jenga video. He just he just radiates the good vibes, so I'm glad that he's he's playing the way he's playing. And then um, goodbye. I'm going to have to say – good uh, go with me here. Just the hearsay that Jerome Tang would have the, the gumption and, frankly, the, the audacity to leave Manhattan, Kansas – um, you know, just national media going to national media, but, um, he's, he's an emo. Yeah. I, I will say that in, uh, Kansas city sports talk, uh, a couple of the national guys have been asked about it and the prevailing, uh, sentiment is at least with the Texas job, they don't think it's a culture fit. And they actually kind of flipped it on some of the hosts saying Dennis Gates would be a much better fit for the Texas job. Uh, so I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I spazzed out maybe for a hot second, but uh, my, I, I'm no, nowhere near worried uh, at this point. Uh, we'll go Callie Mike, then Coley Dubs. Callie Mike, good vibes and good vibes. Uh, good vibes, I think, need to go to King Marco. Um, huge presence uh, on the sideline. Um, Great job with Twitter. Obviously, he interacts with all the fans. He's totally a bonehead, no doubt about it. Um, goodbye to Empty Bramlage. Uh, hashtag Cram Bam. Uh, next four games sold out. You know, I think uh, the days of an Empty Bramlage, at least for this season, are over. Yeah, good point. Uh, every single Saturday game from here on out is sold out. The KU game sold out the only two or only three games with tickets still available senior night versus Oklahoma uh, Baylor, which I believe is the K state proud. game, And then I think it's Texas tech. No, I don't remember. There, there's one other. Oh, TCU. TCU is the other one. Uh, and, and I believe that is a 8 PM tip on a Tuesday as well. So, Everyone, uh, if you want to get into Bramlage, it's going to have to be off StubHub or one of those weeknight games. Let's go Coley Dub, and then we'll go to Hayes. I want to say good vibes to my guy Tyke Green, just taking charges away from the ball. Um, I feel like, I mean, he had a couple of those last night, and then I think he maybe during the Baylor game he may have. Um, he, had, he had at least one charge taken in the Baylor games. All right, there we go. And then I'm going to say goodbye to the refs, not really knowing or calling a block or a charge or a flop. Like, just so many plays, it feels like like that play with Keontae Johnson just kind of pushed that guy off and, like, nothing was called at all. And then I I feel like I've seen that and just very, very just kind of made-up calls, it seems like. Yeah, uh, firstly on Tyke. If you look at his career in college basketball, he's always been way more defend or depended on to be somewhat of a scorer. And I think it says a lot about his mentality and his buy-in to the program where he's just become a bench energy guy who is out there trying to play defense, grab rebounds, take charges, and not really force the issue on offense. Um, and that's what he's done in his career. Uh, 
So I love you uh, giving good vibes to him. Then on the refs thing, I just got to get this off my chest. Uh, I think I said it like three or four times during that Oklahoma State game. You are They either need to call a block, a charge, or give a flop on some of these calls or just get rid of the whole flopping class B technical as a whole uh, because it, it's just getting stupid out there. So uh, good, good ones from Coley Dub. We'll go Hayes and then we'll end with Ema Elvis. Hayes, what do you uh, good vibes. I'll just go with the doom being back, like everyone else has said. Um, I started school the year after the Big 12 title, so I've only seen a full Bramwood for KU games. So it's great to see um, it back to what it can be. And uh, goodbye. This is a little X and OE, which I'm actually – I don't know too much about basketball X's and O's, but the way that we're switching – high pick and rolls really irritates me because it uh, almost screwed us against Baylor, just um, dead switching no matter what. And they would get a matchup on Ish or uh, Eziola or whoever was playing center. And it just made it too easy for them to score. So I wish there was some way that we could uh, move around that. So we don't just get the matchup. That they- Good deal. We'll go Ema Elvis. And then we'll actually, we got, uh, you know, uh, Justin, who is in the house. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Justin after Ema Elvis. So Ema Elvis, good vibes and good Good vibes are we got dudes. And they're proven at every game. Uh, the cool thing is they're winning Big 12 games without a big guy in the, in the middle or at least uh, up front without Gasson in there. He'll make a huge difference when, when he's in there. And at least depth-wise, uh, he's going to make a difference. Say goodbye to those important dudes sitting on the bench with the with their street clothes on and gimping around with a boot on. Um, so that's the other side of the Gasson thing. Um, it seems like it's an epidemic. Bebe and Ish and now David sitting out, uh, missing games because of foot or ankle injuries. Uh, I know that Tang said a couple of games ago that he was game to game and day to day. Uh, I sure hope we have him back next week. That would be awesome. Uh, also say goodbye to bounce passes into traffic. Seems like that's half of our turnovers is a steal or throwing the ball away with a bounce pass into the middle. Um, so I don't know. That I, I, I know it can make a great play, but it seems like and our bonehead statis, statistician extraordinaire Jimmy could dispute or, or verify this, but it seems like half of our turnovers. So get rid of those. I'll reach out to him and see if he can come up with those uh, stats for us. Uh, we got Justin, who is one of the uh, biggest cat fans I know. Uh, looked like he had some pretty darn good seats last night. We'll double back and we'll, we'll give uh, Justin, just give me a quick 15, 20 second uh, take on the last two wins at Baylor. And again, that uh, knockout drag out brawl on Tuesday night in Bramley. Hey, what's up guys? I want to do the good vibes. Goodbye. Couple th- I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Don't worry. Don't worry. But I, I, I wanted to uh, hear your thoughts on the last two games. Man, scoring the scoring the ball and putting up a shit ton of points was really, really cool in the Texas and Baylor game. 
and then having the grind it out type of win that we had last night. I mean, I talked about it on the KSO board about how we can win in a variety of ways and that it's fun to watch. I like defensive basketball, so we don't have to always score a ton of points for it to be entertaining for me. And I know a lot of their, a lot of other hoops fans feel the same way. So those are probably my takes for that. And then the good vibes, goodbye would be good vibes as we have closers like Keese and Key can just shut down games at the end when we need them to pretty much by themselves. And then the goodbye would be hopefully Coach Tang and the staff, you know, talking about attendance and showing up. I mean, Bramlage was packed last night, got a win. We can pretty much put that topic to bed. It'll be packed. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Yep, I hope so. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. The, the literally thing I will ha- can even grasp at, uh, you know, kind of, putting in the negative comment column for Jerome Tang is even after last night, he said a couple things in his post game with Wyatt and Stan that made me roll my eyes just a little bit driving home. But ultimately everyone said it. I, I think we're looking at a packed Bramlage rest of the way through. Um, let's get into the next two games. Uh, absolutely massive games. Again, there's no nights off in the big 12 uh, later tonight. We're, uh, if you guys are listening to this in the morning, you already know the result of TCU's game tonight. Regardless, we're going to Fort Worth in what will be a far more packed arena in Fort Worth than I think we've seen uh, in Big 12 play. I think this will be the most packed, uh, most raucous crowd we've seen uh, going on the road versus TCU. Uh, Absolutely massive one. And then uh, for better or worse, uh, the sun that, uh, you know, we orbit as K-State fans during basketball season, the big one, uh, KU coming to Bramlage Coliseum next Tuesday. I'm going to get folks either keys, uh, predictions, thoughts, anything you want to throw out there uh, on these next two games, both massive ones. And I'll say this, uh, when go one and one, you're still, you know, definitely able to be talked about in the Big 12 race. You win both of these. Folks, I think it's time to start talking about front runner status. Uh, but let's start with Callie Mike. Callie Mike, uh, two massive ones. Uh, throw whatever you want out. Uh, I'm going to keep rolling the dice. Uh, last live show, I said we were going to go 2 0. I'm going to say it again. We're going 2 0. Uh, this team has not shown any reason to bet against them at this point. Um, and last night, OU was basically going to take out KU, but then Allen Fieldhouse refs came to play. Um, so that just didn't happen. But I don't think KU's the real deal. And I think we are. So 2-0, and baby. Keep it. There we go. Let's go to Joel next. Going to be some interesting matchups on Saturday uh, with Mike Miles, maybe the only other guy who uh, could be in the conversation with Marquise as Big 12 Player of the Year so far this season. Uh, a lot of interesting matchup uh, stuff going on for that game. And then, of course, uh, the Sunflower Showdown Part 1 for 2023. Uh, what do you want to throw into the Yeah, so uh, first off, I, w- I want to say, like, I don't think TCU is going to be super raucous. I mean, their arena holds, like, 6,700 people. And um, I think the second largest K-State alumni base is going to show out. So I think we'll be fine there. Definitely still a trap game. They're super good, and they play really well on that stupid gray court that they have. Um, but I think we come out with a close dub on that one. And then kind of like what Callie Mike was saying, 
KU is so beautiful. Like, they are so beautiful, and especially at home. So I got us going 2-0, and and we're going to be – what would that be? We'd probably be top. I think if we beat TCU, there's a chance we might get a number one vote um, this upcoming week, but we'll see what happens. Let's go to the ambassador next. Uh, tough TCU game, and then, of course, you know, being part of the student body, uh, Tuesday is going to be a massive one. You guys are back to class for the first time this semester, and then uh, it's game time. Uh, so what do you got for these next two games? Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, the KU game, every – like, every – we have our points. We're ready to go. Um, you know, we're going to cram the bram, as they say. Um, but I really like what – coach had to say last or yeah last night about um just how important it is to to feel the 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 joy of winning and just how um how fleet and never to never to fleet that feeling so um i'm feeling good and feeling good about going into these games um you never know who's listening so i don't want this to be clipped and like ku to get any get any um motivation for this so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but um, but code word is I I don't think it's gonna be tough. I think I think we're gonna get some we're gonna get some. There we go. Let's go to Colorado Cold next, and then we'll go to our other student on the Mike Hayes. After that, uh, Cole, uh, two massive games. I I, I do think uh, Saturday is going to be a lot of interesting matchups. I think uh, TCU can hurt us in a couple matchups, and I think. Uh, a guy like Keontae Johnson might really have a night uh, in TCU. So what do you think the next two games have in store? Yeah, I think TCU is a really tough game. Um, You know, they're a solid team, and I think they do have some matchups that could prove to be some trouble for us. Um, Even more challenging, you know, we're peeking around the corner at probably – well, not even probably – the biggest home game we'll have all year. The best atmosphere we'll probably have all year. Um, so I think it's going to be tough to not um, sleepwalk into that TCU game a little bit. Um, and I think if we're not on our A game, I don't think we come out of there with a W. But, you know, Tang has surprised me before. If he's got the boys ready, I think we'll pull You're muted, Scott. Um, thank you. Thank you. I uh, said, so let's go to Hayes next. Um, you know, from the moment students get back, uh, unpack their cars, the game on Tuesday is going to be the topic of conversation. Uh, what do you think is going to be in store for the Cats the next two uh, games, another Saturday, Tuesday turn? I, uh, I honestly think more than likely we win both, but they're both going to be very difficult. I'm not wouldn't say I'm overconfident in either one. Um, I'm a little scared of what Eddie Lampkin and TCU will do to us after seeing Caleb Boone's performance last night. Um, but I think we should be able to come out on top down in North. As far as KU, um, I think the matchups to watch is going to be Marquise versus Dewan Harris because there's been a lot of shit talked about what Marquise is going to be able to do when he's guarded by him. So that'll be interesting. And also – KU likes to play pretty small. Um, 
I can't remember right now the name of the guy that they put out at center, but he's not very big. And so that'll be a matchup to watch with our guys in the post versus him. And the only really tall guy they got is Zach Clements, and he's terrible. So um, I think we should be able to come out on top of both, but it's obviously. Let's go next to, we'll go Justin and then to Jeff. Justin, uh, two absolutely massive games, especially if you want to consider Jerome Tang's Wildcats as title contenders in year one. How do you see these two games going? And then, uh, again, we're not on the team. We can talk about it. How pumped are you for? Hey, real quick, when you said there were a couple eye-roll comments about um, in the postgame with Jerome Tang, were you talking about when he talked about uh, there's a school in the conference that fills up their gym every night? Was that one? Yes, that that and, uh, you know, he, 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 he in, in my opinion, he was not – overly complimentary that I thought he was going to just talking about how uh, he was happy to finally yeah. experience it and that type of stuff. Again, it doesn't matter. Jerome right. Tang can, you know, yeah. kick me personally in the nuts after every single win uh, over a conference team if he wants. Uh, but I did eye roll uh, three times on my drive. Yeah, that one was, that one was pretty weak, but. Anyway, you know, something else he said in that in that post game was how, you know, that was the first time those guys had played in an environment like that. And they kind of, you know, were a little too amped up because of the environment. And I could see the same thing happen happening next Tuesday as well. You know, we've had a mental block with KU forever since I've been alive, I feel like. And I don't I don't see that changing. So I think we'll probably go one and one. Um even though KU does seem beatable and they don't seem super long and dominant defensively like they have been. Um, I just don't see it happening. I'd love for our Jerome Tang to change that for us and it become a standard thing where we start splitting with them. But until it happens, I just, it, I don't see it happen. Yeah. It will be interesting. Again, this is the fourth coach who, uh, who's going to take on this rivalry in the rebirth era uh, all four coaches I kind of thought might be the ones to do it. Again, Huggins goes, you know, 0-1 at home. Uh, and then Bolts, you know, I think Frank got him twice in his five years. Um, and then Bruce, I mean, I, in Bruce's first four years we split, and then it uh, there wasn't – there was only one more, the Cam, Dean, and Barry Big 12 championship year. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I hope Jerome Tang's the one to get us over that mental block especially at home. Let's go to uh, – we'll go to Jeff and then Ema Elvis. Jeff, uh, thoughts on the next two? Well, like every game in this conference is going to be tough, but we've answered the bell four times in a row, so I'm not going to step in front of this train. I'm, I mean, he's got it going. He's got, you know, whatever he's he's telling the team, they're buying in, they're, they're performing, they're – in any way, in any shape, you know, any style of game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go two zero until they can prove me wrong. You don't you don't step in front of uh, in front of trends like this. So I'm just gonna keep rolling with it until they prove me wrong. That that's a good uh, motto to live by. If you get in front of a moving train, you're gonna get knocked the fuck out. Uh, so we'll go to Ema Elvis. Then we'll go uh, with Matt before we end this one with. Coley Dub, uh, Ema Elvis, what do you got for me? Big two games, uh, purple matchup down in Fort Worth, and then the Sunflower Show. 
We're going to go from a blinding environment to a deafening one the next two games. That lizard scale thing is creepy and makes me want to wear shades. I think our dudes will adjust to it just fine, though, and uh, come out with a win out of Fort Worth. And then we've got the Beaks coming in, and I've even seen KU people say how weak they are in the middle. Um, That's different than they've been a lot of years. And uh, so I think the Caps can take it to them. We got dudes. We got Tang. And uh, like's been said many times ahead of me, we're going to keep this thing rolling. And I say we get two more wins. There we go. We'll go to Matt. And then once more for everyone who is listening live, be sure to check out about 10 minutes after we wrap up the Cocaine Willie live show on Spotify Live. And then check them out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you aren't able to participate. Matt, uh, two massive games. Again, win both of these. I think I think you have to call K-State the front runners. Uh, can we get done? Or what, what are you expecting to see over these next two matchups? I would agree uh, with what you said. If you go 2-0, you, you put yourself in a really good position to, to finish off big – well, to, to go through Big 12 play pretty um, – yeah, pretty easily, but I I think we're going to go one and one in this, and I see the TCU game as a little bit more of a matchup problem, um, especially with some of the issues that we've had with um, rebounding, and Mike Miles is a really good player if you haven't been able to watch him this season. Um, that being said, obviously I would love to see us win at TCU because if we were able um, to win at TCU, we would probably be in the top 10. And that would be, it would be on Tuesday, the first time since 1958 that both schools be in the top 10, each other in Bramlage, which is kind of unbelievable. But the uh, recent seasons that we've had where we have been, we've been stuck at 11 in the rankings, um, unless we've been playing in the Big 12 championship uh, tournament championship game. So I would love to see the Cats in the top 10 playing in top five KU and the environment on Tuesday will be absolutely incredible. Um, I thought last night was good. I was in the student section last night, um, which I learned I'm a little too old for that stuff. But uh, Tuesday's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll say one thing about uh, next Tuesday. If you're able to, again, not everyone's able to, I get it, but uh, try to leave work even a little earlier. Uh, try to get to Manhattan a little quicker. Make your way to Bramlage a little quicker. Uh, get in your seats uh, before tip-off. Again, this is not me throwing shade because, again, I know how tough it is to make those 6 p.m. Uh, tip-offs, but, you know, it was still filling in uh, to its um, capacity basically up until the under uh, 12 uh, media timeout in the first half. I know how know how tough it is for those 6 p.m. games, but do your best to try to get there a little bit earlier this upcoming Tuesday. Let's finish this one off with Coley Dub. Coley Dub, are you are you gonna try to go two and zero? Are you gonna try to make it to Fort Worth for that game, or are you gonna be taking it in uh, in the capital down in Austin, Texas? I will be taking it in here down in Austin. Um, sadly, but I think I think there will be a lot of cat fans there. Um, you know, being in Dallas, Fort Worth. I think we'll go one and one. That's what I said last time. We end up going two and zero, so I'm gonna go one and one. Um, I, I just think TCU is going to be a tough matchup. I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, Marquise Noel and, um, that Miles Jr. I'll see them duo battle 
um, have just a good classic Big 12 point guard matchup. See what those two do. Um, I, I would say um, probably lose that TCU game. Uh, I, I just feel like to me, like I said, just a tough matchup. Might get in that foul trouble. And I always get nervous once we start adding a bunch of fouls. Um, but I, I'm really excited about the KU game. I think it's a great matchup for K-State. Um, and I think the guys are going to be hyped for it. And um, the crowd's going to be rowdy and crazy and so Speaking of wild and crazy, things are going off on ESPN Plus, West Virginia and Baylor. Uh, pretty fun game there. I think Hayes called it out in the chat. Um, final topic for today. I wanted to get to it last week, uh, but today we'll do uh, the Tuesday episode. If you haven't gone back and listened to it, I just kind of rambled for about a half hour about uh, what I think the Deuce Vaughn legacy is and what uh, – I think about him as a football player and how I will uh, kind of remember him and what he brought to K-State. So I want to give everybody a chance to kind of give their uh, final say on the Deuce Vaughn uh, legacy as he is going pro. And again, only the second ever uh, two-time first-team consensus All-American that K-State has ever had. Um, so we're going to kick things off with uh, things off of Cali Mike. Callie, Mike, uh, just kind of put into words the best you can uh, what you what you'll remember as the Deuce Vaughn legacy. Yeah, um, I thought it was a great episode, by the way. Um, and you know, I I could listen to that stuff all day. Um, but you know, the thing about Deuce, I I'm not going to presume anyone here is as old as me. Um, but you know, I was in college when Sproles was you know, the height of his career. Um, and so Sproles is just, you know, he's legend in my book, but in no way, shape or form is Deuce second to anyone in my opinion. And, you know, frankly, Sproles is not second to anyone either. You know, they're in that top tier, like you said, both of them. Um, but just thinking about Deuce, like he was just electric all the time. And the dude was just built like a solid rock. He never got hurt. You know, he would get battered and punched down. And every time he got a big hit, he kind of just tucked into a ball and rolled. And so like the guy was super resilient, electric, um, amazing on the field all the time. And so I agree. He's, he's a legit ring of honor. Um, one of the greatest players to play. Yeah, I think maybe the only time he ever, like, missed snaps uh, due to injury or anything, I think he was getting an IV for, like, a quarter at the the first matchup with TCU. So uh, it it is wild to look back and see how durable he actually was. Let's go to – we'll go back-to-back with the current students because, like you said, you got to experience – uh, you know, Darren Sproles at his peak. We'll, we'll go to the four young guys. Uh, we'll start with the ambassador, Ethan. Ethan, uh, w- what's your uh, lasting legacy uh, being there, I think, for the uh, entire Deuce Vaughn career right there on campus? Yeah, yeah. Deuce and I, we're, we're two peas in a pod. Or not really, but like, you know, like what what hasn't been said about Christopher Deuce Vaughn, known affectionately? But um yeah, he, he he's he's an inspiration, man. Like he's it's height over heart or heart over height, 
my God. Um, and, um, he's an inspiration for so many, so many kids looking up to him and, uh, so many students and so many, uh, just people individually who just, people always root for an underdog. And, um, um, but that's the thing. He isn't an underdog because he was just, he looked like one was consistent. He was your favorite ice cream. Um, he was your favorite McDonald's order. He was just consistent every time. And, uh, you know, we're going to miss him, but, um, it's not the size of the deuce, but it's the size of the dog inside of. I love it. We'll go Hayes, then we'll go Colorado Cole, and then we'll go Joel Hayes. Uh, again, an- another guy who I believe was on campus for the entirety of Deuce Vaughn's career. Uh, how are you going to look back on his legacy and his? Yeah, just getting to watch him every game um, was incredible. I mean. Almost every time I found myself just saying, like, this is insane that he plays for us. Like, he's so damn good. Um, And everything that I've heard from people I know that work for the team is that, like, him behind closed doors echoes what everybody hears about him, too. So it's really nice to know that someone that is producing so well and is, like, basically the king of the town of Manhattan – acts humble and um, like doesn't let that get above. We'll go next to Cole and then Joel again. uh, You guys were able to experience it firsthand. And and again, I think uh, the magic and the uh, passion for college sports, I think it's, uh, you know, at its most from 13 to 24 and you guys are both still in that range. So we'll go to Colorado. Cole, Um, how are you going to remember the Deuce Vaughn legacy? Man, uh, to me, it just feels like um, like this generation's Darren Sproles. I mean, when I was a kid, it just seemed like he was like everyone's hero. You know, I was wearing 43 in peewee football. And I feel like that's kind of the impact that I see from Darren Sproles, or excuse me, Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, he's a ring of honor guy and he's going to be a legend. I mean, he's going to be up there on the Mount Rushmore of K-State greats. Um, and I think hopefully his legend will continue to grow. Um, I think having a successful NFL career, although it maybe shouldn't affect your legacy, it definitely does carry some weight. Um, so hopefully he'll continue to build upon his legacy and have a great uh, – Long. We'll go next to Joel, and then we'll kick it down to Aaron, who I think is joining us in between uh, some pickup basketball. But Joel, another guy who got to experience uh, some Deuce Vaughn right there on campus. I know you're a massive Darren Sproles guy yourself, uh, but and it doesn't have to compare the two. But I, I think that's the easiest comparison for K State fans to make. Just what what are you going to remember about the Deuce Vaughn legacy and how do you think uh, future generations are going to look at that? Yeah, I mean, Deuce Vaughn, and I mean, I'm just going to echo pretty much everything Cole said. He, he's, he is like these kids, Darren Sproles. Um, when I was growing up, same with Cole, is like I'd throw on Madden, hop on the Chargers, and bench LT for Darren Sproles. It was crazy because LT was absolutely goaded in that game, but like, Everybody, like Cole said, everybody wanted to be Darren Sproles. It was incredible. Um, but 
kids today, I mean, everybody, every little kid you see at games is rocking like a Deuces Loose shirt or a 22 jersey. And so, yeah, Deuces, um, yeah, he's a ring of honor guy. I can't say enough good things about him. And I I think um, an underrated thing that we're actually going to really miss from him was that work ethic because I think it spilled over not just in the running back room, but it kind of spilled over to the whole team. And he kind of, I mean, Kleiman made the culture, but I think Deuce was kind of his his hand out there, you know, instilling that hard work and that work ethic. Yes, I, I'm right there with you. I think you said it uh, just about as good as anyone could. Let's go to Aaron, and then we'll go to Matt as uh, Matt is prepping for his own show. Aaron, uh, Deuce Vaughn legacy, um, he's going pro. How are you going to remember him, and what do you think his kind of lasting effect on the program is going to be? Yeah, thanks, Scott. Sorry, I was jumping on a little uh, little late, still in uh, God's time zone, just doing a uh, little little work behind enemy lines tonight. Regarding Got to get those buckets, baby. Absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, showing the boys uh, how it's done tonight. So regarding Deuce Vaughn, I mean, he's big time. A lot of the, the comments that I've heard in the last few minutes, it's, it's a generational player that helped bridge a gap in K-State football history. You know, we talked a lot about the COVID year over the last couple of years and how, how much of a, a trying time that was in the program. And Deuce Vaughn is a leader on and off the field in the ever-changing landscape of college football on the field. I mean, he's big time. He He's done it now against one of the top programs in college football. You know, I hope he gets drafted into a, a good offensive system, a creative system that can use his strengths because I think, obviously, he can play on Sundays for a long time. I love it. Let's go to Matt, and then we'll go to uh, Ema Elvis. Matt, uh, just thoughts. Uh, again, one of the all-time greats. I, I, I do think a Mount Rushmore type guy, Ring of Honor type guy, calling it quits and uh, not calling it quits, deciding to uh, take it to Sunday. Yeah, um, nobody's really mentioned, you know, the 2020 season and and you know how weird that season was in a lot of ways. And he was a guy that, you know, we saw those flashes, you know, early on and and you know, the Texas tech game and, you know, those long runs and, you know, great you know, pass catching ability. And, you know, you just saw it his freshman year that, that he had something and it's incredible how he's developed, you know, this coaching staff has done a great job in taking his strengths and understanding that, you know, he has, there are some limitations from a physical perspective, AKA his height, but, you've been able to leverage him in so many situations and get him in the weight room. And he's just a, I mean, he, he has developed into an, an all time player for us. And, you know, as somebody said, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the NFL with the right team, because there's a handful of teams that have the offensive creativity that I think Deuce Vaughn is going to get leveraged really well. And there's some teams that are going to throw him out there and he isn't going to look so good. So I'm hoping you get an offensive get you know an offensive team that will take him and and use you know do some of the things he did in college and and you will see him scoring touchdowns on Sunday that's for sure. Yeah, that freshman year, uh, the COVID year, I believe he led the team in rushing and receiving that year. So uh, again, just a truly elite uh, college career. We'll go Ema Elvis, then we'll go Jeff, and then we'll end the show with Coley Dub. Ema Elvis, how are you going to remember, uh, you know, the the just dynamo from Texas? 
it'll be next man up next year, but Deuce will surely be missed. I loved watching him from the very first play he ran. I thought, who is this guy? And how does he do that? Uh, because he's just tiny, but he's tough, running up the middle for six or seven yards and gets pounded down by a couple of linebackers, and he pops right up and gets ready to go again, and it's just electrifying the many times that we've seen Deuce get loose like he does. Um, and he's as great a man as he is a player. Uh, and that that's what lovable, too, is he's not just entertaining to watch, but he's a fantastic guy. Um, I wish him the best in his next chapter, and I'll watch him wherever he lands. I'm going to tune in and try to find that game. But my my ultimate dream is to see that 22 in a Chiefs uniform and see how he can fit into that Kansas City offense. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I uh, I, I would give uh, the tip of my left uh, pinky toe. Uh, if not, hell, I'll give up the full uh, left pinky. No, the tip of the left pinky toe for him to end, end up as a chief. Can't give up the whole toe, but I would love to see it. We'll go Jeff, and then uh, we'll finish up a Coley dub. Jeff, how are you going to remember uh, Deuce, and how is he going to a uh, legacy after this, uh, you know, all-time type career at K-State? Well, I just remember him as a great person and a great player and, and just a, a highlight reel of plays that uh, it just seems like when you, when you watch him, you remember it instantly. Um, I still remember the 2020 Oklahoma game. It's probably my favorite one of my favorite Deuce Vaughn games. I mean, he, uh, t- or that where he broke two big tackles and ran down inside the 10. That was incredible. And then giving us the go-ahead score in that game, just announcing his presence to us all in that game. And we didn't even know how great he was then. Um, and I think when we look back, you know, whenever, whenever the uh, climbing era ends someday, hopefully many years from now, uh, we'll probably see him as like the cornerstone of built here at K-State. Well said. Very well said. Uh, we'll finish up with Coley Dub, and then uh, we'll call it a night. Cole, uh, h- how are you going to remember Deuce, and what is his legacy ultimately going to be at K-State? Deuce was just a great ambassador um, for Kansas State. He always just had positive things to say not only about his teammates and staff, but the university as a whole um, and, and the community. Um, it seems like he did a lot of off the field stuff with the community and was always willing to give back just kind of like, uh, I know the coaches voice preached um, that is like one of the main things for him and how he took care of business off the field. Uh, but on the field, you know, it was just, just forever lasting memories. Um, anytime you touch the ball, there's just a chance he's going to house it and take it, take it in for a touchdown. Um, and he just, just was an electric, electric player, awesome human being. And, you know, here's to hoping he has a long and successful NFL career. Yes. Well said. And thank you to everyone who joined tonight. Ended up being an electric live show. As always, we will be going Live again next Wednesday at 7 p.m. We will have a show on Monday and Tuesday. Again, I think we're going to get into a uh, uh, schedule of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday shows with the occasional Wednesday 
occasional Friday, but we'll be going live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. except for the handful of times. Kate, excuse me, case it has a Wednesday game, then we'll go quick take, hot take, or figure out something else with the live show. Uh, that said, that's all we have for this week. Absolutely massive game uh, versus the TCU Horn Frogs down in Texas on Saturday. And then, of course, uh, the biggest game almost every single year inside Bramlage on Tuesday. So some massive games coming up. Uh, make sure to be following uh, Bosco's voice. And uh, hell, I, I'm going to have to edit in something in before the uh, theme song. But Manhattan Brewing Company, they're rocking with us once again. You know them. You love them. Best beer in the entire state of Kansas. Make sure you have a, four, a couple four-packs at home and stop in every single time you're in Manhattan. So for Manhattan Brewing Company, for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the best dog in the world, we love you guys, and go cat. Podcast Network.